Hi, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book, which is a loving cancer guide and journal for patients and caregivers that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including inspirational stories with healthy lifestyle experts, authors, and more. Now, if you like these episodes, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. And now, for this episode, I am so excited to introduce you to gorgeous Esther Blum, an integrative dietitian and high-performance coach, as well as author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous books. She shares her storied health history, how a rip in her dress led her toward the answers she needed, and then she busts some common health myths that we've all been asking. She is full of positive energy and useful information. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to introduce you to Esther Blum, an integrative dietitian and high-performance coach. She's helped thousands of women permanently lose weight, eliminate the need for medication, and reverse chronic illness. Esther is the best-selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous, and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. She's widely respected as an industry expert, making appearances on Dr. Oz, The Today Show, and many more. She's also been seen in Time Magazine, In Style, Self, Fitness, and all my favorite health and wellness magazines. She's a regular in the New York City media, and she's been voted the best nutritionist by Manhattan Magazine. Now, I met Esther a few years ago at an event for the Westport Farmer's Market, and I could not stop laughing. She is full of wit and wisdom and is truly engaging to be around. I am so excited that she is here today to share her storied health history and provide a bit of her knowledge. So please, everybody welcome today's guest, as I call her, Gorgeous Esther. Thank you, Ah. Esther. (laughs) Hey, Ken. So good to talk to you today. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be around. I feel like when I follow your social media or from time and time again, when we've emailed, it's just like no time has gone by. And you can jump right back in. And in fact, we don't even know each other that well, but I feel like I know you because you're just personality plus and that makes me yeah. smile. Oh, right back at you, sister. Well, I would. I want us to just jump in. Can you share with us a bit of about your storied health history and really how you got to where you are today? Yeah, well, one of my favorite stories is a blog post that I wrote called How I Ripped My Too Tight Dress on Route to a Wedding. I had... Um, Unbeknownst to me, I had developed a rockin' case of mercury toxicity where I had been eating a lot of tuna fish when I worked at Beth Israel Hospital. 
there was a vendor across from the household sold these yummy uh, tuna fish in a pita pocket with these like thick sliced tomatoes. Amazing. I was eating them every day. And after about a year, um, my thyroid totally conked out and I gained 20 pounds. Now I was a size four. I was running. I was lifting weights. I was lean and fit. And all of a sudden, like I, I jumped up from 120 to 140, which doesn't seem like a lot for many people. But for me, I had never weighed that much in my life. It was huge. And I, I didn't recognize my body. And um, I couldn't, I really couldn't face it. I kept going to different doctors for three years who totally dismissed me. I went to, you know, a gastroenterologist and she was like, why don't you keep a food log? I mean, really not helpful or just check for blood in my stool. I went for like colonoscopy, nothing, nothing showed up at all. Uh-huh. No one can figure it out. And, um, I worked for a holistic doctor who checked my thyroid. He was like, you're fine. So, so one day my parents and I were going to a, a cousin's wedding at the boathouse in Central Park and my mom came over to help me get dressed and was like, couldn't, I mean, she could like barely zip up my dress. So she finally got it zippered up. It was a little stretchy and like my fat just exploded over, you know, the sides, like the back fat and the boob fat. And I was like, oh my God, I burst into tears. She was like, don't worry about it. Let's just put a nice sweater on and go. So we go down to Second Avenue to get in the cab. And as I'm getting in the cab, I lift the leg of up and my dress, the split in the back, split all the way up to my butt. Oh my right? God. And like, we had no time. I, we were, I burst into tears. I was like, this is just the lowest point. And I was upset with myself because I was like, why couldn't you have like bought bigger clothes and just, you know, accepted where you're at. So that really began my journey. I'd never been sick before. And my mom, by the way, like is an amazing seamstress and she sewed up the split and I got through the wedding. But wow. <laughs> and I wound up going to uh, a really amazing doctor up in Massachusetts who was like, you have mercury toxicity. And he detoxed me. It took me about six months. I used to have to go home between clients and sleep. I was so exhausted from it. But he got my thyroid back. But I am the girl who never lost those last 10 pounds, Karen, and lived happily ever after. So my body was definitely not the same since, but it really taught me to be an empath to women who have gained weight, who don't recognize their bodies and to teach them how to accept themselves at every size while their bodies are recovering from chronic illness, from hormone changes, from having children, you know, all of those sorts of women's body changes through the whole life cycle. So it really taught me incredible things. Well, so I have so many questions here. First, let's start with the mercury detox. So how did you in fact find out or the doctor find out that it was mercury and that mercury could do all these different things to your body? Yeah, well, the doctor I went to is an exceptionally good uh, muscle tester. Uh, He, you know, he, I took my son to him. I mean, he diagnosed methylation pathway uh, issues in my son's liver, but Typically, you know, you can do a urine test. Uh, It's not something I can order in my practice. I do have to refer people to functional medicine doctors, but you could do a urine test where you um, take a chelating agent like the MSA and then you um, collect your urine and that provokes, you know, that starts to chelate or bind and pull out mercury. So 
it looks at what's showing up in your urine. Um, so that's really how you get your levels checked. All right. Well, and I'm assu- like when you went to the doctor initially, I'm assuming you didn't walk in there and be like, I think I'm, um, I've got an issue with, with mercury in my body. Like what it maybe whether it's in your practice now or your experience back then, what is it when people are probably so overwhelmed and exhausted, not knowing what this mystery illness, like what are those steps that bring hope to whether it was you or to the people that you see? Well, with, I mean, you're talking about two different things. One is, you know, whether or not you have toxic metals and the other is whether or not you have mystery illness. And, and, and the two overlap for sure, but it's really looking at how your body interfaces with the environment. And the first thing you do is test, right? That's what he did. I mean, he immediately just started testing. What I do with my own people is test also before they walk in the door I run an extensive panel of blood work. I have their doctor run blood work and not just run of the mill complete blood count. I look at inflammatory markers. I look at insulin. I look at a full thyroid test, which is many tests, not just PSH. Um, I look at uh, homocysteine and um, lipoprotein A and you know uh, fasting insulin and hemoglobin A1C. So I, I do a much more comprehensive panel. And then I also do stool and urine testing. So I look at everything from gut health, whether or not you have parasites, SIBO, candida, H. pylori, to, um, uh, you know, low hydrochloric acid, inflammatory markers, um, to estrogen detox issues. Um, That's calprotectin. And then I also look at a comprehensive hormone test with urine. And that looks at 21 different androgens. It looks at your morning and metabolized cortisol. It looks at your neurotransmitters. So I can see how you're sleeping. I can see how you're handling stress. I can see if you have a fatty liver. I can see if you have thyroid issues or if you're on your thyroid meds, how you're detoxing them. Are you burning, are you blowing through them by 3 p.m. every day? Do you need a dosage adjustment? Do you need some good hormone replacement? I can also look at your methylation pathways and see how you're detoxing. So all of those are just really important baseline pieces. Now, do I send people for toxic metals or mold tests or anything like that after? Absolutely. But I first get, you know, things in a place of balance. All right. So, you know, back to you getting out of the cab and your dress rips. <laughs> and again, thankfully, your mom's a seamstress. I, I can't even imagine oh like living outside your own body, watching that happening. Like, oh, my God, goodness, it seems like a scene from a movie. Um, yeah. You know, that girl in you, did you go to the doctor needing answers? Were you looking for hope or were you just so fed up? I think there's just a lot of people out there that don't love where they're at, but don't necessarily even realize something's so wrong. Oh yeah. Well, let me be clear. I had severe irritable bowel. I mean, I was like having accidents. I could barely control myself. And I was like, what is going on? I was in my twenties. And I went from healthy, normal, being able to eat whatever I wanted, drink alcohol a few nights a week, 
um, you know, I, I was just a normal 20 something year old. And all of a sudden I'm like pooping my pants. So how does, and I gained 20 pounds and I'm brain fog and exhausted. So I kept going to doctors saying what, like, why, what's wrong with my gut? That's why I had the colonoscopy and went to a gastroenterologist. Right. And so, yeah, I was totally looking for answers. And, you know, I um, really honestly couldn't figure out like what, why I felt so terrible and why I gained weight and why, you know, my digestion was so, so off. So immediately he was like, oh, you're totally loaded up with mercury. And within, you know, uh, two to three weeks of treatment, I had normal solid bowel movements again. Wow. Like, just totally the most normal thing as if it never happened. And I was like, holy moly. Now, can I ask, uh, this might sound like a silly question about mercury, but I think many of us have heard through the course of the years, oh, tuna has a lot of mercury. Is this the fact that you just ate a lot of tuna and so your body just couldn't process it? Does that happen to everybody? Does it happen to people who might be a little more sensitive to mercury? Or maybe was it just the bad tuna that they were serving that had more mercury than usual? I don't know that well, much about mercury, and I'd love to learn more. Yeah, so tuna is definitely higher in mercury. You can, you can get lower mercury fishes. Um, Wild Planet and Vital Choice are great companies that produce them. Uh, but you're, what happened also is, so I should also mention simultaneously, you know, I had a very high stress job. Being a hospital dietitian is you're, you're surrounded by, you know, sick and dying people who you want to help and you can't always. And, um, you know, I was very young and still very emotionally attached. I didn't understand necessarily how to compartmentalize my feelings. I felt very, you know, I really cared for my patients. So when they were sick or dying, it was, it was heartbreaking for all of us. Um, and so I had that going on. And then I was, you know, going out, being the party girl that I was, not taking care of my body enough, not getting enough sleep. And then I also trained and ran, trained for and ran the New York City Marathon while this was all going on. Wow. So my body was particularly susceptible to all of this. Um, I was in a high stress state and sure, my being in more of a fight or flight state, and I was drinking coffee and eating bagels, like my diet wasn't really supportive of what it should have been uh, under the circumstances. So I had the perfect storm to enable my body to, to not be able to uh, really optimize my detox pathway. So I'm not saying if you go out for some tuna sushi that your life is over and you're going to have a ton of mercury. We all have mercury exposure. It's in the environment. Some of us have dental fillings. Um, it's in the food that we're eating, right? Especially seafood. So do you live your life avoiding all these things or do you figure out how to optimize your detox pathways? It's kind of a combination of both of how to balance all of that and put your body, you know, it's like to me, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well, right? It's like cancer. Yeah. We all have the genes to express themselves for cancer, every single one of us, right? And so you treat your body as if, to me, uh, every day you're trying to manage those genes so they don't express themselves, right? Or you manage your immune system so your immune system can handle the cancer if you do express those genes, right? Uh, and 
Yeah, I I um I I hear your point. I think that again when we were in our 20s, you know, for some of us that was like the first time maybe we we hit some hardship, right? Um for other people maybe that's not the case, but nonetheless Either way, in your 20s, you're still young, but you think you're old. And so I think, you know, now in reflection, just a few years later, but maybe more than that, uh, you know, I, I choose to live my lifestyle differently. And I I have found, you know, cancer or even no cancer when you, when you fuel your body with the right foods, when you're around in your environment, as you're talking about less stress or having the tools to help optimize the stress, if that's the right word I want to use, it can really help ward off other diseases or better yet, I mean, like for me, I feel like I'm thriving with cancer for many reasons. The medication is a lot of it, but also because I am treating my body well so that that it can take the medication. And, you know, plus maybe a little bit of luck or somebody watching out above me as well. But I think it it, it all is this holistic view of well-being where each kind of plays a role in it. Yes. And your stress management is key. I mean, wouldn't you say you live your life very differently now than you did when you were diagnosed? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, again, for me, it comes back to having tools that maybe I had heard of. And I say this all the time to people, whether it's the media stuff or it's on the speaking engagements. It's like a lot of the things that we talk about are not rocket science. Like they are tools. They are practices that maybe we've all heard of. But the difference is, is you really not only have to try it, but you got to be open to it. And being open to it means like trying, trying, trying again. Now, can you talk to us a little bit about that detox? Like when you actually were going through it, clearly I think you said you were really tired, but how do you manage that? Like for those that are listening right now that might need to go through some sort of testing to figure out what's wrong, knowing that the next step might be some sort of detox, how does a person feel? How can it help them have hope? Oh, well, you know, that's why you work with a a practitioner who is going to guide you through and support you. And, you know, I did a really hardcore one, but you can do very gentle ones. You know, you're, you're in charge of the ship, right? So if you are a busy working mom with numerous kids, right, you're going to know your limits of like, I can only take on this so, so much. I have to show up for my job. I have to perform right? Not everyone has the luxury of working for themselves and going home and taking a nap between right. their clients. So, um, you know, you, you go slow. You can go slow and take longer. You don't have to do it all at once. So really, it's, you're driving the ship. You know, it's like my clients. I say, okay, how fast track do you want your weight loss to go? How fast track do you want your detox to go? And some are like, oh, yeah, no, sign me up now. And others say, only give me one new thing to do each week. Great. So make sure your practitioner is going to meet you where you're at for sure. Oh, I think that's huge because I can Mm -hmm. say, I mean, what am I, 16, almost 17 years dealing with cancer in some way. And I've, I've gone on this adventure of wellness or health or whatever it might be. And not every practitioner believes in that. So I I think that is huge in Mm -hmm. every way, shape or form, whether it's a part of your, you know, illness treatment or a part of your wellness journey is finding a practitioner that is a great fit for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I, I like that advice because I think a lot of people are afraid to go to the doctor or meet with a holistic health coach or a nutritionist because they fear that they're going to say, you got to do this and you got to change all that. Uh, I, I think that's actually kind of a myth out there. Will you talk a little bit about, I guess, your role, whether it's as the dietitian or the integrative work you do, like what are some of the myths that people think, oh, I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z? Well, first of all, I want to say, let's just talk about managing your medical system, okay? Because one thing I really do for my people is become their advocate. And I am the bridge between them and their doctor. I'm usually the person they've seen, they see after seeing five to 10 doctors and having doctors who won't listen. So this is my, you know, when people say, what's the one thing you want people to know? The one thing I want you all to know listening is if your doctor isn't listening to you, find a new doctor, okay, or practitioner who will liaise with you with your doctor because medicine's a business like any other, and there are tons of good doctors out there who will listen to you. So find the good ones because it's so um, shameful for the doctors who are gaslighting their patients. I hear this over and over again, and it happened to me too. You know, it's all in your head. Right? When I'm going doctor to doctor to doctor, it's all, it's all in your head. You just need to relax more. No, that's not, that may be true. I may need to our stress management, but this is not right. all in my head. And it never is, right? We're all very intuitive about our bodies. So when you say something's not right, it's not right. You've got to find a doctor who's going to, you know, tirelessly look for answers. If they don't know the answers, not have an ego about it. Say, let me pull in another colleague, right? Because not everyone has all the answers. So that's number one. Number two with myths busting, you know, can I just talk about the red meat issue? Because I'm so, <laughs> I'm so tired of people saying, red meat's going to raise my cholesterol and red meat's going to cause cancer and red meat's going to get this. What causes cancer often is a poorly functioning liver and impaired detoxification pathways, okay? It's not the red meat. Red meat is one of the most nutritionally dense foods on the planet. It's one of the few foods um, that is a true source of iron, it has B12, it has zinc, uh, all of which we are all deficient in, right? Zinc is no longer in the soils. And I know because I looked at my clients' blood tests and they're low. Um, and uh, B12 is very important for brain health and detoxification. And it's made by the gut. And most people have impaired gut function too nowadays. Okay, so don't be afraid to eat red meat if you're worried about the planet and ethical issues. Um, you buy meat that is local farm raised and is a part of regenerative agriculture. There's a wonderful book by my colleague Diana Rogers called Sacred Cow, and it's all about how we need cows to actually save our planet and capture carbon emissions from that when the cows are roaming in the fields. And they're pooping, and they're stomping it down into the grass. That captures carbon emissions. And our soils are a huge piece of um, addressing the greenhouse emissions issue. So don't be afraid to eat red meat. It does not raise your cholesterol and triglycerides. And cholesterol is only one piece of the inflammatory picture when it comes to heart disease also. You have to look at fasting insulin and glucose and your triglycerides and your inflammatory markers. So uh, it's, it's not the meat that's the issue. Second, eggs do not raise cholesterol for the bazillionth time. That is an old wives' tale. And again, yolks contain 
choline. Yolks and liver contain choline. So choline is super protective of the brain. It's critical for a baby's developing brain, for nursing mothers, but also for us as we age. So you want to make sure that you're eating the yolks, not the white. There is not one published study. I'm going to repeat that. Not one published study that shows that eggs raise cholesterol ever. So stop demonizing real food, by the way, real food, okay? And, and, and worrying about, you know, um, the, the third is that fruit makes you fat. Stop worrying fruit makes you fat, okay? But, and stop eating all the protein bars and the packaged foods that are chemical gunk and eat the real food, okay? Your cholesterol will come down, your weight will come down, your blood sugar will stabilize, and you will burn fat. Well, can I tell you that on this note, my husband stopped eating meat. However, I say this with a caveat, just for a New Year's resolution for a few months. Uh, a lot of the meat that was being eaten was that kind of pull it out of the freezer, um, easy to eat, not horrible, but not this, what you're talking about, local and farm-raised, right? And his cholesterol did go down because he's now, he is eating more. He's eating wholesome eggs that also, I think he does those that are local. He's eating tons of plants and whole grains. Not, I think a lot of people when they think, oh, I'm not going to eat meat or I'm going to go and do this, they go and they eat. Um, maybe it's vegan or maybe it's vegetarian, but it's packaged. And so he made this shift into like, I'm going to be mindful about not eating packaged foods and his cholesterol went down significantly. So I think, you know, you're, it sounds like a little bit of your mantra is like, you know, eat real food, eat real food, eat real food. And it's a little bit like, well, of course that's true. But, you know, this is a real living, simple story about how we know that it works. Oh, gosh, yes, absolutely. Every time. I mean, cooking at home and, and making your own food and not buying packaged crap, it's, that literally saves your life. It's, it's not complicated at all. You know, I was, it's funny, I was listening. <laughs> My son is a short track speed skater, right? So I'm at the practice and I'm listening to one of the parents complain about her hip pain and, oh, I'm so old and not, and, and she is overweight. And, uh, you know, I look at her and she's eating a huge thing of French fries. <laughs> and I said, you may want to go to the library and take a book out on paleolithic eating. She's like, what? So, you know, and it was just, it was very funny to me. I was like, okay, but, but it's, it's not funny at the end of the day. You really, you know, what you put in your body really matters. And, you know, aspirin or, uh, um, you know, ibuprofen are not going to fix the root cause. You got to fix the root cause. And real food is a great way to fix a lot of root causes. All right. I'm, I'm loving this little myth game here. So is there anything else that you can throw out there in terms of eat real food, oh, yeah. we know it, eggs, beef, if, it, if it's the right healthy food. Yeah, carbs. Let's carbs talk carbs. Carbs are not making you fat. Okay, women, you do not have to go on a keto diet to lose weight and see results. Okay? And, and if you think you do, ask yourself if you can actually sustain it in three weeks, let alone three months, three years. <laughs> You know, it's uh, it's like the most excited dieters are the ones who, um, you know, are following it for the first three three days, and you know the excitement goes down after that. Now, I I do see a lot of menopausal women in my practice, and some swear that you know keto uh, helps their hot flashes. That's great, but 
But if you have a thyroid problem, which a lot of my people do, they have Hashimoto's or low thyroid, long-term low-carb is going to actually have the opposite effect because you need carbs to convert T4 to T3. So you really want to make sure that you're just timing carbs at the right time. What are the best time to eat carbs? The best time to eat carbs are usually after a workout because your insulin receptors are the most open at that point. So um, they don't tend to get stored as easily and they'll replenish the glycogen in your muscle and your liver. Um, but you can also have them, you know, if you're having trouble sleeping, I like to tell people to have carbs before bed or at dinner time because that is a great time to raise and sustain your serotonin levels. So it helps people feel sleepy, helps them go to sleep better. You know, I, I personally don't sleep without carbs either. Um, it's really important to, for me. But not, you know, again, the dosage is really going to depend on you. So I wrote a book called Cave Women Don't Get Fat. And in it, I teach people how to find their own unique carb tolerance. For sure. It makes a big difference. Well, and again, going back to my earlier statement about how funny you are. Like, I love, like, and I said this to you when I met you, I bought your book because I just thought the title was funny. And then I read it and it was, I learned so much and it was lighthearted, but I didn't even know it was you because I bought oh it God. before when I met you at the Westport farmer's market, somehow or other, I think we got introduced. We talked about what we did yeah. and you had said that. And I was like, and maybe it wasn't until I got home. I went and I looked, I'm like, I think I have that book because the one that I have is the small one. And you are, you're hilarious, you're witty. And I think it, it speaks to in your books that you're teaching us information, but you're doing it in a way so that you, you somewhat feel like you're entertained. And that's why yeah. I've, you know, I've liked your writing style. You know, it's not just that you know a lot, which obviously is, is key in terms of educating us, but in, in some ways that you're entertaining us so that cave women don't get fat. Uh, I think to your point is they ate real food. They did not go eat McDonald's or eat like, uh, you know, a ton of Twinkies, Twinkies, Bread. low fat Twinkies. Oh God. Is there a thing as low fat Twinkies now? That is vile. Well, I don't know about now, but back in my twenties, I love to make fun of how I used to eat is I was conscious like to try and eat better. So for breakfast, instead of like eating Twinkies, cause you know, that's what everybody does. I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm rushing to get a train to go into work. I'm going to grab a low fat Twinkie. Because I'm like, oh, it's about calories in. So yes, I don't know if they still exist, but they did used to exist. And I, you know, I love to tell people if they are new to me, I am a two-time cancer survivor. I'm thriving with stage four disease. And I made these healthy lifestyle changes. To your point, like it was more than three weeks. It was like, what can I sustain? I made them. But where I came from was a place where like I ate a lot of junk food and I thought it was okay because they were baked Lays or they were low fat <laughs> Twinkies, frozen yogurt, insert low fat item here. And the wild thing about it all, for those of you that are non believers or think that you can't do it, first of all, I would challenge and say, yes, you can, but I feel so much better. Like they, you hear different experts talking about, and I, I'm, I'm guessing that you talk about this, Esther, is like what you put in your body fuels your body. And when you eat real food, it's like if you put really disgusting gas in your car and you've got a premier car, which, hey, I don't have that. So maybe I don't know, but I'm assuming. Yeah. It is amazing how much I feel 
better than I've ever felt. I am 47 years old. Yes, I'm telling the world that I am full of energy. I'm on a chemotherapy regimen, but I fuel my body to offset some of that in a really wholesome way. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that speaks to, you know, all of the points that you are making here. Well, and most people don't even realize they feel crappy until they understand how good they can feel. Yes. Then they're like, Bingo. wow, I'm not crashing at 3 p.m. every day. Or, wow, I, my mood is more stable. I, I don't have brain fog anymore. You know, all of those things um, people don't even realize they have. They've been living with them for so long or just nobody's asked. So they think that's the new normal. They think it's part of aging. Okay, yes. so here's myth number four. Is that norm that we're going to bust? Normal is not optimal, okay? My doctors always tell my clients, well, that's normal. Well, I'm sorry, but Homer Simpson is the new normal in our country, okay? Everyone is on reflux medication, cholesterol, and hypertension medication. That is considered normal. I'm sorry, that is not normal at all. You're not supposed to be on those medications, let alone in your 40s, your 30s. And we have a huge amount of us that are now diabetic. That's not normal. And even normal just means that the doctors see it a lot in practice. So it's becoming normalized. But we really want to think about that uh, optimal is the goal. (laughs) And and these days, optimal is anything but normal. Wow. I mean, you're right. I feel like everybody's got something the older we get. And it sounds like, I know you mentioned earlier, it's about finding the root cause, not just popping a Tylenol or an ibuprofen to make the pain or inflammation go away. Right. Right. And so much of it is diet. So much of it, you know? Now, can you share with us, I know you've written the books, what you're working on now, because... Wow. I I mean, I wasn't even planning and jumping into all these myths, but as you're like throwing out all this information, I'm like, Ooh, I have this question. You know, I know that with pretty wellness and on Instagram, I get people asking me questions all the time. I'm like, well, who I haven't, I have an expert here that can share some of these. So what are you working on now that you can share with us? So right now, well, I have, um, a wonderful gift for your people. Ooh. Share those. So, hey, you want to follow me on Instagram. I'm at Gorgeous Esther. Um, and B, uh, you can go download my free three-part video series called Crush Your Cravings. And it's really it's so much more than this. Just that it's a great way to really optimize your energy and your mental focus. So you go to Esther Blum, that's E-S-T-H-E-R-B-L-U-M.com forward slash cravings with an S. Um, And then I also have four consultations that I've opened up my schedule for. So when this is released, um, you can all go to estherblum.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L. This is first come, first serve. And this is a 30-minute consultation where you can talk to me on the phone, take away three customized strategies to help you reach your health goals, your fitness goals, whatever your health challenges are. And I'll make sure I put this in the show notes. So for those of you, if you're driving right now or whatever you might be doing, I will make sure that you can go right into the show notes and click into this. 
There you go. Thank you. And then what I'm working on is re-strategizing and restructuring my content. Um, and I'm, I'm, my website's getting a really pretty makeover. So um, I'm just figuring out how to really optimize the content I put in the, uh, put out to the world and how to um, really make sure that people come away educated and empowered on hormones, on uh, gut health, on their bodies, on their how to lose weight, and how to make sense of it all and just a sane, normal, reality Barbie kind of way <laughs> where you're right, where all of these changes fit seamlessly into your life. You're not building your entire life around these changes because I don't ask people to do things that I don't do myself. I don't do crazy cleanses. I don't do, you know, super restrictive diets. Make it work for you because that's how you're going to be able to sustain it 10 days, 10 months, or 10 years from now. Well, I, I believe in that too. I'm all about with pretty wellness. I started about small steps because I knew for me, I had stage four disease. My whole life was being turned upside down. It actually, believe it or not, worked for me to change my entire lifestyle. But most people, hopefully, don't have that. And so to stay committed, I've seen, you know, over the course of the seven years now with this, that you need to figure out how you can fit it in your life oftentimes taking the small steps, having somebody like you that can help educate and inspire and counsel along the way can really help maintain as well as grow into more of a successful, happy, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And it's, it's really teaching people like just basic skills. You know, one of, I, I don't only treat men, I treat women too. And one of my men, you know, he's a caregiver for his wife. He was a caregiver for his mom. And, you know, just teaching him how to make protein shakes every day. You know, we, we do, or my clients and I do. And so I said, okay, but I'm really struggling with breakfast. And I don't know what to eat. And I said, can you, um, can you go take me into your kitchen? Take me come here in your kitchen. And making a protein shake felt very overwhelming to him because he had never, he didn't know how to cook at all. Now, Literally, like every morning I text him, I'm like, show me a picture of your protein shake. And he texts me back and he walked him through just the basic steps of how to make a protein shake. And, you know, that can change someone's life. So really, and then I have more advanced clients who are, you know, really optimizing their health in very big ways and they're balancing their hormones and I'm working with their doctor and we fix their gut and that. You know, so everyone runs the gamut, but it's meeting people where they're at and teaching them the tools and the mental resilience so that they can understand what's possible for themselves and actually achieve it. Well, that's wonderful. And I am so grateful that you are willing. I know you have such a busy schedule and I know you're always willing to make time for people and for those on this podcast. This is been informative. It's also been fun just to reconnect and chat with you. And so I was hoping you would play what I call the grateful game. It is something that my son and I created when he was nine. So it was three years ago. It really started out as a way to chat before bed, to connect. And I had received a gratitude list book. And so we started doing it together. And then we ended up the the book got heavy. And so we just would talk in bed about what we were grateful for and why. And being the nine-year-old competitive little boy that he it well, was and is, we made it a game. 
And of mm-hmm. course, as I love to tell people, he still to this day always wins. Uh, but the good news is, is that we spend many nights recalling our day and reflecting on what worked, what didn't work, or what we're grateful for and why. And so would you play with us to end out this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So I will start out. So just to let everybody know, and maybe I will call this one, many times at night when I play with my son, it isn't about the big things. Of course, we're grateful for the house on, you know, above our head. Of course, I'm so grateful that my health is doing well. I'm so grateful for my husband and for my parents. Um, we talk about the little things. And so in the last 24 hours, I will say I am so grateful for kids sports because my, mm-hmm. I'm going to like get teary eyed on this because it's been such a tough year for so many kids. And you know what? Let me say kids activities because not every kid plays sports. My son loves, loves, loves baseball. It has seriously been the thing that's got us through COVID when nobody was doing anything. We were outside and largely because he's an only child we've been kind of to ourselves the past year we're playing baseball together we're playing wiffle ball which I'm horrible at we're playing catch which half the time I'm sorry to my neighbors my ball I throw it it goes over the fence to their house (laughs) but I am so grateful for the fact that we're back the fact that my son we had three games yesterday and he was so happy and so as we were falling asleep last night and talking about it, so grateful for baseball. All right, I'm coming up upon a minute. What else am I grateful for? I am grateful for um, my neighborhood walks. I guess that is, I love where I live and the beauty of nature and my little dog and I oftentimes in the morning in the hopes that he won't be barking through this podcast, took a walk before this and that always starts my day out well. And so tonight when Kyle and I are, are sharing what we're grateful for and why, I'll probably talk about that because it was a beautiful morning. So, all right, that's me at <laughs> two. I am tossing it to you, Esther. Okay. You'll have to keep time for me. Um, definitely grateful for a fantastic night's sleep. Uh, I had many years where I did not sleep. So every night I sleep, I'm like, oh my God, that was just life-changing. <laughs> Um, I am definitely grateful for, I have a wonderful business coach, um, and I, I'm hiring a really good team to help me run the back end of my business. Certainly grateful for my husband, son, and dog, and um, having my mom nearby. We lost my dad last May, and now I'm finally able to like see my mom normally. Yeah. She's in assisted living. So we're able, we, we went out to lunch uh, in Fairfield over the weekend, and just Seeing her and just being able to be out and have normal interactions versus masked up, just yeah. by a table, not able to hug, you know. So those are my foundations. I'm just good books. Good books are my other drug of choice. Well, so, yeah. All right. You won. Not that it matters because as my mom <laughs> says, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's how you play the game, Karen. And I'm like, I love that. But that's coming from a woman who didn't play sports. And my son's like, yeah, mom, it does matter if you win or lose. So, all right. However you take it out there, you know, those who are listening to me, it's just using the tool or playing the game, thinking about gratitude whenever you're in a moment that whether it's dull or whether it's dark, taking a moment to think about what you're grateful for and why may not solve the problem, but hopefully it will put a smile on your face or maybe change your energy to help you, um, 
you know, put one foot in front of the other in a better mood. So, and that's what this podcast is all about. We all have hardship. Clearly, some of us have, have um, the more depths of hardship than others. And hopefully, you know, it doesn't happen to everybody, but it may. And if it does, I want people to know that there is a way to find a little bit of happiness. There is definitely hope out there, whatever you may be dealing with. And so hopefully that these stories have given you a little bit of inspiration or maybe motivated you to do something that you haven't already done and put a smile on your face. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Esther, for being here today. And thank you to the listeners. Thank you for being here with the story and on this journey. And I hope you'll come back again next week. So bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us. If you love us, they might too. And now, my parting words. I hope this episode brought inspiration for you to think about how you can take small steps toward better health and happiness. There are so many resources out there for free to help get you started. Now consider reaching out to Esther for a 30-minute consultation at estherblum.com forward slash call or check out our resources including a downloadable smoothies and snacks cookbook or healthy grocery list on prettywellness.com forward slash freebies. Now thanks again for joining us today. As always, I'm here to connect. Please reach out to at Pretty Wellness on Instagram. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.